As you're listening to the following music selections, adjust the volume, bass, and treble controls to suit your tastes. On today's episode of Android's Dungeon, is our good friend back, or is he not? Did he ever really leave? Not when he's in our hearts. And a discussion about the various things he's done in the meantime, and also, maybe, Kickstarter games. Some good, some bad, some, mm, I don't know. Stay tuned. Welcome to CFRU 93.3 FM, broadcasting on University of Guelph, Guelph, Ontario. Uh, I am Jack. And I'm Joel. What? Oh, hello. I don't recognize that name. It's, it's me, JJB. JJB. Oh, it's too many details. <laughs> You're giving the stalkers too much fuel for their uh, <laughs> their strange wall of... <laughs> oh, they're after me. <laughs> There's a lot of shrines out there. They're, they're all to Joel. I'm like the Backstreet Boy nobody likes, but Joel's... I don't know. I don't know any Backstreet Boys. Since they names. don't have any pictures of me for the shrine, it's just audio. <laughs> <laughs> you press the button. Impressionistic drawings of what he, what, yeah, what yeah. we think he looks like. Uh, I don't know. I think somebody. Yeah, I think Kayla may have posted a picture of me on the, uh, our, the official Androids oh. Dungeon Instagram. So there's a very scruffy, uh, not representative picture of myself floating You've been around. Outed. I've been outed. Or maybe it wasn't me. Maybe it was a stunt double, and this is part of my weird double bluff. But well, it's important for us as famous people to put fake yeah. information out there so that, you know, we throw off the trail. Absolutely. It's kind of like, um, you know, uh, famous world leaders having doubles, like Saddam Hussein famously, <laughs> for rest yeah. development purposes, especially all his various... Um, Who wants to apply to that job? <laughs> the pay's got to be great. <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, there's a gun to your head. Risk but either reward. Way, yeah. I mean, there was a great movie I was thinking about. For some reason, it always pops in my head every now and then. And it was, um, I forget the name of it, but it starred uh, Michael Caine and um, Donald Sutherland showed up in there. And basically Michael Caine's the leader of a German hit squad that's sent behind the lines during World War II to assassinate Winston Churchill. And um, there, it's, it's a kind of interesting movie because it doesn't portray the Germans necessarily as like mustache twirling villains kicking puppies. They're just like, these guys are just people who are out trying to win the war. And in fact, they get exposed trying to save a boy who's about to drown yeah. in one of these scenes. So it's, uh, but Donald Sutherland actually plays one of these IRA members or Irish chef types who is working with the Germans trying to undermine the, uh, the British war effort. But it was, it's a good movie. I, I recommend, uh, if only I could remember the name of it, but maybe all this information. Yeah. Is there a stunt double in it or was that just? Well, that's, that's <laughs> so I, without giving too much away, they, and the last ditch attempt, they, they, the squad's been captured, killed, and they've got uh, Winston Churchill in his sights and poof, shoots him. But then it's uh, you think they've they've got him. They but, did it. But then it's like it's revealed he was a, a double. Oh. Just a, so it's not as much a twist ending as much as it's just. Uh, Churchill's always one step ahead. <laughs> <laughs> He's very conniving, very smart fellow, that Winston Churchill. Um, anyway, that was a weird tangent to get right off on. But um, Joel, what have you been playing recently? Well, I've been away, Jack. So that means you didn't play anything, right? 
when Jack's away, the mice will play. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't really work. I was the one away. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, I played a lot of simple family games because I was with my family for a bit. Now, is that an indictment on your family, Joel? Was that a real... Yeah, is your mom going to listen to that? Oh, you're <laughs> killing me, Joel. My, my heart breaks. This is a big crowd. Yep. Big crowds, you got to um, go to the party games. Yep, 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 yep. You know this. Um, and then, obviously, I would spend a lot of time alone working on the road, and so then you'd get into the video games. Mm-hmm. Well, let's start mix. with uh, let's do let's do with the uh, the kind of the the thrust of the show. Let, what board games uh, in quotation marks did you play with your family? <laughs> um, in quotation marks, I played a lot of Spyfall, which they keep calling Skyfall. So I almost just did it myself. <laughs> <laughs> Was that game out before Skyfall? Do you think? Uh, around probably around the same time, maybe a little bit after, actually. Yeah, uh, I, I think we've talked about it briefly, but why don't we just do it one more time? Because it is a very good game that I think we can give kind of a thumbs up from the uh, from the Androids Dungeon. But uh, well, give us a gist. If Shut Up and Sit Down can give them oh, an geez. endorsement <laughs> on the box itself. No and, kidding. Uh, which is another thing you talk about. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, how do we get into that game <laughs> endorsed by Android? Yeah, they got to be paid for that, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, for yeah. sure. Otherwise, I mean, it, maybe it funds the show, right? Yeah, good point. Anyway, uh, approved by Set Up and Shit Down, uh, Spyfall is a simple party game uh, where you have a list of locations. I think there's about 15 mm-hmm. uh, put out on the instruction boards in the middle, and then everybody is handed a card. And on the back <clears> of the card is either a location and an occupation mm-hmm. or a, just a card that says spy. Yeah. If you get the card that says spy, you don't know anything. Yeah. Uh, so everybody asks each other questions. Do you uh, like working here? Uh, what, what's the weather like? Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, what's the... I, I asked my brother, uh, what's the structural integrity of this place? Because oh, it was a circus. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. You know, it was a tent. That's funny. Last time I played, uh, it was a circus, too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that's where he just gave up and just said, okay, I'm the spy. I'm going to oh. guess. <laughs> that so, was the... <laughs> you could just... It's it's solid? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Well, that would have given away, though, right? The, the Would you say, like, the ground? That wouldn't be... Uh, I don't know. I guess yeah, I see what you're saying, the tent. Yeah. But anyway, um, there's two ways it can end. Well, three. But, uh, there's really just two. Um, you can either ask the spy a question where he's just stumped and he gives a terrible answer and it totally gives him away. Like, yeah. for example, you say, hey, all right, everybody's at the North Pole and everybody knows they're at the North Pole. And you say, oh, what do you wear when you go outside? And he's like, oh, bathing suit. Whoops. Or alternatively, people can give answers that kind of alleviate themselves from suspicion mm-hmm. but are so obvious that the spy figures out okay well you know he's talking about rolling the dice they're at the casino. I'm wearing a parka yeah yeah something just like so and it, but part of it too is the spy's not just sitting there blindly trying to figure it out there is a, a sheet in front of everyone that has all the locations yeah, which is wants to look at <laughs> which is the biggest problem with the game but we'll say that in a second so yeah. that's a, that's so the spy can figure it out and then third uh, the third is, uh, you, and I didn't know this until I read the rules in a little more detail, the time can run out. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can put a timer on it. At which, which is what you have to do. You, you need to. You take turns nominating someone as the spy until yeah. it's a unanimous vote. Mm-hmm. Or the spy, the person under suspicion doesn't get to vote. Otherwise, it would never be in there. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a really cute game, in, but it is one of these games that I think we, we've talked about in the past, like some of these party games. And like all games to an extent, live and die by the people playing them. But party games especially, like Spyfall, are going to live and die. But how, how vocal and how much people can get into this sort of game 
And if you have people that are just being really boring and not really, they're, they're afraid to give any answer. Do and you like no... working here? Yes. Next question. All right, then. And, and the game's going to flop. But yep. it's, I, I don't think I've ever played a flop of a game. I've, I've played some that have gone on too long, yeah. which is, I think, the, you, gotta put the timer you need the up. timer on it. But um, as I was saying before, the biggest problem with Spyfall is that if you are the spy, uh, you are probably going to be staring at these locations, trying to figure out which one it is, unless you play the game so much you've memorized them all. Well, we developed a sort of a house rule and a workaround, which yeah. is during the game, we hand around the <laughs> Who holds it longest? You're supposed to hold on to it for like a given time, because otherwise you're just, uh, uh, yeah, I'm yeah, not yeah. the spy, I don't need this. Yeah. But then the spy could try doing that. But anyway, that'd be very sneaky. I like it. Uh, and it went over well with your family? Yeah, it was great. Uh, I have never imagined that I would play a simple party game for like three hours at a time Ooh. or four hours at a time. Just round after round after round. Yeah, they loved it. They didn't want to stop. That's incredible. It was like 12 o'clock, you know, Pacific time, which yeah. is 3 a.m. my time. And I could go to go to bed now. <laughs> what a hit that's yeah. really nice to hear that people actually were begging for another uh, I, I think the last time I did was like a game of Vegas or something yeah. uh, Las Vegas where people said oh one more one more because they wanted to win or after they'd been stymied or something like that but, <laughs> yeah um, spy is pretty tough oh really difficult <laughs> unless Sander, you're really super did good well. yeah, yeah did he get su did he get sussed out no he 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 won twice actually as a spy which is impressive random draw Wow. Wow. Very good. Um, Spyfall, inexpensive too. I think it's like 30 bucks or something, which almost sounds too much money for what it actually is. Just a piece of paper and some couple of, cards, yeah. couple cards and things. But well, you, yeah, you might as well give it a try. Mm -hmm. uh, not going to break the bank. No, not at all. Uh, so that's Spyfall. Did you play anything else with your family or was that uh, the, the really the main one? Mainly just Spyfall. Yeah. How about you? Um, a lot of time. Pardon me? You've had a lot of time. Well, I mean, since last show, unfortunately, I haven't had much time for actual games or, or board games. Um, it's been mostly computer stuff or digital games because um, it's kind of this season where I where it's I don't know what it is about fall or end of summer, but it's when the, it seems like the releases just seem to be piling up. And um, I've had a, a, the option to play a couple of games, and one of which I was actually really excited for. Um, uh, which is The Evil Within 2, which is very spooky, and I guess it kind of ties into this week's Halloween-ish uh, feel. Is it straight up trying to scare you, or is it difficult as well? Um, it's a good question, Joel. Uh, it is It is sort of difficult. I was playing on the, the normal difficulty because every now and then I sit down at a game and I look at it and I think, how much time do I want to invest in this? And sometimes gank, uh, jank, uh, throwing the j difficulty up just kind of creates this artificial difficulty in the sense that, oh, it just makes everything longer. Whereas I don't want something to be too short where it's, and, or too like, easy when you have it on simple mode. So I thought, normal, that's fine. And even said, oh, for people who played the original. I was like, yeah, that's me, that's fine. So anyway, I put on that. And it is sort of scary. Uh, it's, it's not exactly going to be making you sort of shiver in your, your seats or anything like that. But um, there are spooky sections. Kind of, um, I'd say the scariest parts are maybe when you screw up and maybe alert the mobs of the monsters and you're just running your ass down yeah. through the town trying to hide from them. And uh, and there are sequences in it where you... Uh, so I'll just break it down sort of for people who don't know. It's a, it's a third-person action RPG light game in the vein of uh, Resident Evil 4. 
and it's because uh, the Evil Within one was directed by Shinji Mikami, the guy who did Resident Evil 4 and some of the other games in the series. And Resident Evil 4 is a really good game. It's tons of fun, and to this day, I, if I'm, I, I look at it sitting in the collection like, ah, I could do a bit of Resident Evil 4 right now. Uh, which, but it's an over-the-shoulder game, tank controls. Um, in this one, you play this guy named Sebastian, and you basically, uh, your daughter's disappeared, and your wife's gone too, looking for her. And you find out after you thought she was dead the whole time, but your daughter's actually alive and in some sort of weird dream world, and you have to join this evil corporation and go into the dream world where things have gone wrong, and that's where all the monsters are, and there's weird things floating around, and there's a weird photographer with a bad haircut who's chasing you around with a knife and taking pictures of you all the time. It's, it's very strange, but um, it, it's not a great game. But it is an entertaining game. What's scarier, the knife or the haircut? <laughs> it's uh, it's tough to say. It's a pretty sharp haircut, so uh, <laughs> I don't know. Stefano is his name. He's a total weirdo. Well, we've figured out the secret. It's just don't ever get one. And then the haircut or the, <laughs> <laughs> the haircut. <laughs> it's, it is his weakness in a sense. I guess. Wow. Well, oh, that we're giving more but. away about <laughs> But anyway, it's just it's it's an it's an okay game if you're into the genre of if you don't, if you like scary scary-ish games and it's kind of has this open world feel which is kind of cool but it gets a little old after a while because it takes place in uh, this this it's supposed to be this idyllic uh, U.S. town uh, but because of the the collapse of the dream world like pieces are floating in the sky and there are strange things going on. And you're supposed to be kind of stealthily making your way around because at the very beginning you're very weak and there are these zombie-esque creatures going around and they can really wreck you very quickly if you're not careful. But it quickly turns into kind of like this. Uh, the stealth section is overpowered, so it really overly rewards you for being sneaky and the AI is kind of stupid, so you can kind of... Uh, trick the monsters in getting close to you and kill them without wasting any ammunition and do the same yeah. thing over and over again so it kind of makes things slower and you end up with way too much ammunition for a game that's supposed to be surviving and barely making it as is and uh, it's I don't know if you like the first one you may not like this one but I didn't mind it totally but uh, so the gameplay you'd maybe give a three out of I I give it a, a five out of ten it's just it's it, it's what one about the story the story is just typical insanity just yeah it's it takes itself a little too seriously but at the same time it still has these wacky things that only the japanese uh could come up with with uh some of these scenarios that are just like if you played any resident evil games yep yeah so you have it like in the arcade in the arcade <laughs> <laughs> tough yeah it, the Japanese, there's something when they when you ask them, it, it's heavily B movie influence where you get this this taste where you're kind of watching something that maybe a kid growing up in the 50s or 60s watching these strange U.S. Uh, Monster of the Week shows kind of uh, internalize and then turned into these uh, ridiculous scenarios with because uh, the the big joke of Resident Evil is there's always a monster that turns and blah, 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 gets way too big and there's giant monstrosities running around and I guess maybe you could tie in some armchair analysis of Hiroshima and uh, radioactive yeah, effects yeah, and yeah. things but I don't know but uh, that was kind of what was occupying me uh, recently because never bomb a country twice <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what to say to that but um anyway so that and i even started the new south park game but it, it's not very good it's in fact it's kind of boring oh that's too bad like the first one wasn't bad but yeah uh, the first one was it was funny. okay it's weird is that it runs so poorly like i don't have a bad rig 
uh, and it should be able to handle this. But I'm looking at it, and there's weird, like, it's the aliasing is kind of not very good, and the their load times every now and then. And it turns out they, the same engine that they're using for these giant 3D games, like, do you know the Division? Do you remember that one? Um, yeah. Same engine that does the Division is running this fractured butthole game as well, which <laughs> strike, which was a change from the original one they were using the f- for the first game. Yeah. So I don't know what requirement it wasn't scratching or maybe they are paying too much to whatever it was. But anyway. They just found whatever they could find. Yeah, yeah. Throw it's, it together. Maybe it's Is proprietary. Is work that goes into like sort of the... I don't want to... Optimize? The refining huh? of something like that, you know? Um, it's I, mostly a joke. Yeah, I guess so. Are you talking about the the South Park game period or just the the ga- yeah. games in general? Yeah, I don't know. When I played the first one, it ran perfectly. That's all I can say is that this one. There's the crazy part was that it was actually having troubles with full screen and borderless window, which is hmm. like you you couldn't see prompts or the game wouldn't work properly if you were doing it in borderless window. But you switch to the full screen, all of a sudden things are appearing and like there's actual glitches preventing you from moving on based on your resolution or the, yeah. the graphical settings, which I've like never experienced before. 17 inch or something. Yeah, yeah it, it's just very peculiar, Joel. I've never seen something like that. So if you're on the PC, I, I think be very careful about slapping down hard-earned dollar dues on Pass on the South Park. I wouldn't, yeah, until they maybe fix it, but God knows. It's that, funny. Um, I got a long review for, about Witcher 3, which obviously from you know, who? Game of the Year and... Uh, all these accolades, 10 out of 10 for yeah, most of the yeah. things. And uh, Tristan, my friend Tristan back home said, story, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Gameplay, he hated it. Yeah. Yeah. Because it, it's dumbed down, I think. Was that his criticism? Well, what he said was, I was spoiled by the gameplay <coughs> and, the, and the combat in Bloodborne. Really? And then when I went to Witcher 3, I comparison. thought this combat is clumsy and oh, stupid yeah, yeah, yeah. and the horses were... Real dumb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I hear what he's saying. It's interesting that he went for. You haven't played Bloodborne, have you? No, neither of them. Well, I've seen both of them, but I've never. Yeah, it's Bloodborne is, for those who don't know, is a, is from uh, the same guy who did Dark Souls, and it was his. He's clearly bored with the series. If you ever played three, and especially if you played two, it's clear that it's they're they're being phoned in at this point. And that's like I like all of them, but Bloodborne was uh, kind of like the big joke for a long time was the PS4 was a Bloodborne machine because yeah. there are no games for it. And it, Bloodborne to this day is probably the best game on the PS4. Maybe you could argue Neo is, but which was a similar sort of, you can call it Souls-like if you want, but it was um, by Koei Tecmo. But it's actually coming to the PC shortly, so I don't think it counts anymore. So, yeah. uh, But it's an exclusive game, and it's, it's, like, Blood, or it's like Dark Souls if uh, they gave it an injection of speed and said, go crazy. And it actually rewards you for attacking faster and dodging like crazy and parrying with your little s- pistols and stuff. And yeah. it's interesting comparison though that he would say that Bloodborne ruined Witcher for him. Yeah, well, I, I don't know what the combat is like in Witcher, but it's I know a lot that clunkier. It's, it's pretty uh, refined in Bloodborne. Yeah, it's a lot very quick and, and fluent, challenging. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's uh, it rewards high skill too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, did you ever, did you did you play Witcher? 3? It's funny that you should mention exclusives though, because yeah. we had a long discussion about this too. Because he, uh, I don't know if you've heard this argument, but he's in the camp that exclusives are the best thing out there. What? It's, it's not. <laughs> you know, I gotta hear this. I gotta hear this. Yeah. Uh, he thinks it raises the level of game quality overall because uh, if you're making a game for all the platforms, uh-huh. um, you don't care. Because 
you know, you're going to get this market no matter what. But if you're making a game for just Xbox or just PlayStation or just Nintendo, uh, it better be good, right? Otherwise, you're just going to die. So, and basically what he's saying is that developers, when they go across platform, uh, basically put a th like a third or a quarter of their effort into each platform just because, you know, they need to divide their development team into, uh, well, let's make the PlayStation version, mm. let's make the PC version. It's tough. I, I see where he's coming from when he says something like that, but I think fundamentally it just can't be right because it, it, you're making an assumption that a game is automatically better if it's on one system. As opposed to, it's like, yeah. I, I can understand technical limitations, like if you said, especially PC versions, which are famously, like, either... Well, let's face it, these consoles are all kind of the same. Yeah, now. yeah, they're this, pretty, this, but there's yeah. like little tricks and differences yeah. between them. But let's take South Park again, for example. It's like, I'm sure you plays perfectly fine on a console, but you bring the PC and there's these issues. Um, the new Wolfenstein, uh, there are issues, apparently. Uh, Grand I don't, Theft Auto had issues. Grand Theft Auto, all these things. But it's, they're... There are definitely games, like the first thing that comes to mind is Silent Hill 2. The best version is still the version for the PlayStation 2 because it was designed 100% around this console and yeah. using everything that's If you're designing going. a game with a lot of consoles in mind, you yeah. don't get that focus. Yeah, yeah. That's and basically it, what he's saying. I get that, but I think it's, it's at the end of the day, it's still anti-consumer. And Absolutely. that's the biggest problem. And also, it's making the argument that development companies only want to, which maybe it's true, um, they only want to get their game sold. Yeah. Right? They don't want to just develop a good game. Mm -hmm. Well, and it's also the fact that when you, you see these exclusives, when it's not something that's, like, let's say, Sony paying for a specific... Like, let's take Bloodborne. You're never going to see it in anything else, as far as I know. Um, Sony has picked up the bill for that. They are paying... They are subsidizing this FromSoft's uh, game to split the sales because they're like, okay... If I made something like Dark Souls 3, which is on PS4, PC, and Xbox One, I'm get, that's spread out with three systems. That's three different types of sales right here. So you better make me a damn good offer that's going to keep it in one place. And in a sense, you Sony's all saying, you better make us a damn good game that's going to want people to come to this one place. And Nintendo is infamous for this. And to be honest, like every now and then I... <laughs> oh, look at the Switch. There's, there's one or two games for that. Yeah. It looks like Mario Odyssey. Everyone's saying it's incredible. Zelda. You want to play Mario Odyssey? Exactly. Those games look good. You're only ever going to see them in one place. You're going to pay 75 bucks for each. They're not going <laughs> to work think, on anything else. It's $91 with tax for like a, a brand new game if you want to yeah. go in there and walk out with it, um, which is a lot of money. That's the thing is Steam has just ruined me for consoles. I just, I wanted to get a console. I had this option when I had the gift I could get, right? And then I looked Not at worth the games it. and I'm like, I don't want to pay $70 for every game I want to play when I could pay 15 20 Well, yeah, and like there are sales on good. these. Yeah, exactly. And they're, even though, like, so you have these Steam sales and you're the type of user that, like, for me, I'm trying to remember the last time I bought a full game full price. I think it was two years ago. Um, there, there's just, it's... It's tough as a consumer to justify slapping down, I don't know, $300, $400, dollars for a console which sits there, and then are you going to be somebody who kind of like twiddles your thumbs waiting for the games reduce in price, or they go on sale digital, or are you going to rush out day one to the store and buy it? I don't know. Uh, I don't. I don't want to do either. <laughs> I don't want to wait, but I don't want to pay full price. Yeah, and you can't rent games anymore. Yeah. I think. 
I think maybe in the States, there, and it could be Canada as well, they might be rolling out like uh, GameStop slash EB. I think they are kind of doing it. I think you have to subscribe to them or you have to like join a membership or something to actually rent games. But it's not like you can go to Blockbuster on are Friday. Are there still demo discs? I don't know. I don't think so. Oh, those are so fun. Well, demos are so, yeah, they were fun. You remember PC, like playing PC games sure. back in the day. I was thinking PS2, but. PS2, yeah. yeah they Like the sampler discs. Yeah. They, I don't think they do Came that anymore. Came with the magazine. It's yes, fantastic. exactly. It was one of the, like you'd be buying the magazine almost for and it's like, oh, the, the magazine's not even out yet. Yeah. You're playing a playable demo. Well, Metal Gear Solid 2, an incredible, famous, the incredible demo, running around the tanker, being able to experience all this. And you get hyped because you think, look at this stuff. But nobody does that anymore. It's very, especially like, I don't know, physical media or who buys magazines for the stuff too <laughs> yeah, but that's true but it could easily just be released you know yeah just release a demo yeah it's a pt uh going back to silent hill uh, metal Gear solid stuff again hideo kojima's famous demo for one of the 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 games that you will always look in a distance and say never ever the the kojima remake of silent hills but it was a demo that was incredible and took the world by storm and actually changed games it was a demo so good yeah. it's like how is that possible but here we are um what about uh downloading demos do you ever do that you, i remember unreal quake yeah the shareware episodes yeah. you get things. one map yeah there was that oh man it, it enticed you. <laughs> it was, but, but those were the days when, and I'm sounding old here. Those were the days. Those were the days. But like Doom, Duke Nukem, Quake, oh, um, Blood, some of these legendary titles. Even Castlevania. There was tons of versions. Uh, uh, Wolfenstein. Wolfenstein. Yeah, that's a great example. The they the the demo was a full episode of the game, which may have been a bit shorter and definitely lacked some of the things in the other episodes to pull you in. But it was tons of game, tons of gameplay to go through. You wouldn't. I don't think maybe they it. pump out games so fast they don't have time to put a team on a demo. You know, or maybe the games are so short they don't even have a demo for them. The game's a demo. Yeah, the game is like well, the new <laughs> Wolfenstein apparently, and uh, I'm playing through it a little bit and. You can look on YouTube and see the see. You can watch all of Wolfenstein, New Colossus, and it's about seven hours long. And then you can you look at it and you say, "There's also all of Wolfenstein, New Colossus, cinematics. It's three hours long." It's like, let me do some math here. <laughs> Wait a minute, how long am I actually playing? Yet? <laughs> but this is for like a triple A brand new title, ninety one dollars for not Wolfenstein two, right? You're talking about the new Wolfenstein. The new New Wolf, the yeah. sequel to the first one, which I really liked, and this one's so. I don't think Wolfenstein two is out yet. Um. Anyway, so speaking of computer games, uh, Joel, I think you've been kind of getting back to um, the roots, which may tr if may trigger some memories in our our listener about uh, a certain game. Getting back in the ladder, ready to challenge Grubby. Okay, so you s start talking. I'm going to queue up something. And uh... <laughs> all right, well, uh, back in the day, the big esport. Which basically spawned Dota and all these ripoffs <laughs> was Warcraft Three. Man, what a game! Mm -hmm. I mean, it's so good that you know you look at Starcraft One and it was it was it's kind of died now, but it was still played all the way until Starcraft Two came out. Warcraft Three is the same thing. I can search a one v one on the ladder right now and get a game in less than thirty seconds. You know how crazy it is for a game how old is warcraft 3 like 2000 2001 2002 it's probably around 15 there, 16 years quick old. quick interruption lawbreakers cliffy b's big 
sort of like a Me Too uh, Overwatch clone. It's down to like nine players, and it came out less than a year ago. <laughs> so just keep that in mind. Yeah, and that's a game that people made and developed and thought, ah, oh, we're going to get, you know, a community of players. They've got nine players. <laughs> Overwatch has seven million. Great, good for them. Warcraft, which is 15 years old, still has several thousand players, not only playing on the ladder, playing in the tournaments, everything like that. But the custom game list is still there. You know, that yeah. crazy custom game Which list. Which was filled with, it was all Dota at one point. I remember that. <laughs> now they've got bots. And the bots aren't even helping an individual. Yeah. They're just there. Somebody put them on, and they constantly make games. Just Wait, for what do you mean? Like find each other. Oh. Melee games, custom games. But the bot just makes it, and it's is, an empty game. Is this a Blizzard bot, or is this like... It's, it's somebody's bot. And I love that the like Blizzard has taken their hands off. Oh, it's like one it. of these Diablo One esque things, where it's like whatever, <laughs> just well, do whatever. What happened with Dota? Why would they not? Right? Yeah. Um, Blizzard's making a lot of money off of um, Dota. No, Blizzard doesn't do Dota too. No, no, no. Heroes of the Storm. Do they make money on Heroes of the Storm? They might be losing money on Heroes of the Storm now. That Nobody I think talks that. about that game. Uh, let Let's list them off. Warcraft 3 spawned Dota, which spawned Heroes of Neroth and New League of Legends, yeah. which spawned Heroes of the Storm, uh, Dota 2. Yeah. Uh, but now we're I into know I'm missing like four or five, but nobody plays them anyway. There are a couple, but now we're into the world of like the, the first person Dota Team Fortress amalgamations, and it doesn't do either of them right, but they're no. insanely popular. But we're talking esports here, yeah. and Warcraft 3 was a huge esport, spectator sport at the yep. time. We yep. all watched the pros. We all. I, mean, I never saw a single one, pros. actually. <laughs> I watched the pros. Yeah. Uh, he watched a lot of StarCraft, yeah. though, so we can uh, definitely relate on that. League of Legends got so big, and Exploded. I know it's not as big now, but the prize pool for first place was 3 million dollars it's insane it's to put this in perspective people you can go to bars in korea and they'll be showing lol up on tvs because it is such a there's a channel yeah dedicated whole, and these. craft they show yep. starcraft one i think was there two starcraft playing? two as well yep yeah and go and go. <laughs> I, I never go saw channel. go yeah i always felt like there was a pool channel it seems like every time i turned on there was always that weird game of like what's it called bumper pool or something oh, where it has yeah, to hit like, like billiards. x sides yeah. billiards maybe that's what it actually is but uh, uh so warcraft 3 game we all grew up with most of us grew up with you should have grown up with it um what is the the ladder scene like today is it just has is it all crazy pros and just people who are insane about it you know what? at first i thought I don't have a chance because the people that are still playing have are been the crazy playing ones, for yeah. 15 years. Or, you know, who's going to pick up Warcraft 3 right now? Yeah. Ah, I think try this, you know, multiplayer uh, real-time strategy arena. Are you playing North see America? See I do. Yep. Yep. Um, so everyone's a veteran. Doesn't mean they're good. <laughs> yeah. I started losing and I kept losing, but now I'm winning. Because yeah. it, it drops you down. As you lose, you lose yeah, ranking, It's a very complicated ELO ranking, which yeah. is fantastic and usually matches you up further. Yeah. Pretty fairly. So I'm kind of on a winning streak now. I've won, I don't know, like the last five or six, and I've been having a great time pumping out random games, but... Um, I'm pretty sure my luck is about to end. I'm starting to get some really good matches. And you've just been doing random, right? Yep, just playing a random race. I uh, accidentally broke... It's an old game, but uh, I joined an orc tournament. 
And <laughs> after that, I couldn't change my race. So I was stuck as orc for a while, and then I reinstalled, and I still can't change my race. But the default race is random. So, so that's like, just playing like it. Oh, fine with you it. You just blade runner or blade runner, blade master, blade master every time. No, 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 farseer. Farseer, why? Farseer, easy to creep. You get that farseer uh, shadow hunter combo tier two. It's a very powerful tier two push. Huh. Well, there you go. I don't even know what I just. I have bad memories of just getting blade mastered. <laughs> just constantly. blade master is the. It's like you're really bad. You play blade master all the way up until there's like a big gap where mm -hmm. just about everybody starts with farseer, and then if you're soup, if you're like a pro pro, and then you go blade you master because <laughs> your micro's insane. Yeah, yeah. So I had a guy try to harass me with a solo blade master and die. Wow. Like he's. I'm fighting neutral creeps. He comes in, tries to kill me, and just stands there hitting until he dies. Like that's how bad people's micro is. And wow, that's that's bad even for me. I would be surprised. Yeah. Or he, was he? He wind walks, you know, and then yeah, he yeah. hits me again for the bonus damage. Kill me. I think he would have like hauled ass as soon as his health was getting low and he had a wind walk queued up. Got the death coil, death right coil. to the face. That's the death. Oh, knight. you were playing the death knight. Sorry, I was undead. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that would have been satisfying. Just. <laughs> He almost got me. Almost. Uh, um, so, what do you think? We're talking about RTSs here. How would you compare? Because I think right now RTSs, at least mainstream RTSs, are fairly dead. It's the esports scene has moved on entirely to uh, sad Overwatch, sad PUBG. Um, you know what really drives me crazy is when you go to the movie and they esports event. Watch what? it at your theater. It's amazing esport event of the season. Street Fighter Five. <laughs> it's like, who wants to watch that? And I don't know. Is Street Fighter Five the most recent one? Because if yeah. it is, I think it's not considered to be very good. But no. it's just like they're sh they're shilling it because it's, it's the, the newest game, one, right? Yeah. But it's a fighting game. If if anyone's listening and you're into fighting games, give us an email or a call because I want to pick your brain because it is an insane community. I have no connection to whatsoever. I don't know anyone who's ever participated in. Um, I know it's very big, and I respect the skill that goes into it, but it's just, I don't get it. Well, let's just take Call of Duty Modern Warfare. They're yeah. pushing it as a tournament yeah. when it's not respected as a balanced game at all. Uh. It's just it's the newest game. Yeah. You know? it's, it's That's it. You get into it with, with the balance, and, like, where's the respect? Like, what what are you actually trying to, like, when you're shilling one of these games for an eSport, what do you need? And ideally, you want it to be balanced so that it's not just like one character kind of stomping everyone, which was the problem with SC2 for a bit, uh, was that I think a lot of the races, I don't know whether it was in the second expansion for it, that everyone was just playing Zerg. It was just like, you looked at the top winners, Zerg, 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 Zerg. In Wings of Liberty, it's it's turn, and the second one is Zerg, and the third one was Protoss for a while. It's almost like they're... Oh, they really want you to play the race of the expansion that just came out. Yeah. The balance was bad, but you know, StarCraft original, StarCraft and Warcraft 3 are renowned for balance. And that's one of the number one things you can play all four races and still have an equal chance as a pro, as a noob. Yeah. And that's it too. It's you, it, the pros and noobs alike. It's not like there's one dominant strategy. Like, there, and that's where the made up doing lots of dryads, but then somebody's like, well, they're vulnerable to this while they're doing dryads. It takes them this minutes to get to here. Yeah. So there are ways to get around these things, at least in War 3. I don't know what it's like in uh, SC2 anymore, but I have I haven't paid attention since Winter Liberty, to be honest. But but anyway, it took me back, man. It was good times. 
I'll probably keep playing Warcraft 3 for a while longer. Sometimes Sam goes to bed, and I'm still on Pacific time. <laughs> so I go in and I run a couple of ladder games. Jeez. Well, I, I've got my CD keys floating around somewhere. It's, maybe I'll uh, hook them up to my... Uh, uh, is that? Do you have yours uh, linked to your Battle.net account? Yeah, or? I'm ashamed to say I lost my key, so I had to buy it. <gasps> it was like 36 bucks or something. Still 36 bucks <laughs> for yeah. Frozen Throne. It should be $10. Yeah. What a joke. Just for the key number, really. Because, yeah. you know, you can just download it without a key. Well, on that note, we're going to take a quick musical break, and we will be back afterward to discuss some other things. So stay tuned. <laughs> Ten 
back to CFRU 93.3 FM. What you just heard was Tom Waits, uh, what was it, Waiting for Green? Waiting in a World of Green? All the world is green. All the world is green. Incredible. I, I forgot all about that song, and as soon as I hear it, it's just like, oh, <laughs> it's like a warm leather chair that's a leather bolt, metal-studded chair or something in a nice lobby or a what kind of apartment. Tom Waits has three voices. He's got his kind of his country voice. Mm. He's got what we just heard, which is kind of this slow, slow jazz. And then he's and got, Cookie Monster. He's, yeah, he's got his now voice, <laughs> which I love. <laughs> yeah, it's, all of them are fine with me. What's so cool is that you've got such a as you what happens with an artist who's been around for so long. You just have all these different periods you can kind of draw from. And like personally, my favorite, as I was telling you before, is like I love his like late '80s, early '90s period of like uh, Frank's Wild Years and Swordfish Trombone, um, Bone Machine, and these are these weird, wacky, like insane tracks of just the, this chaos. And it's almost like maybe it's because I, <laughs> I love like haunted circus music or something, but it's just like, <laughs> yeah. it's nuts. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Tom Waits, excellent song. So. What we want to talk about now is a subject that has come up uh, in our circles a little bit, and actually it was what John and I were sort of talking about on the weekend, um, which is Kickstarter games and big, big Kickstarter games. Uh, specifically, let's see, uh, let's not uh, pull any punches. We're going to talk about Kingdom Death Monster. KDM. KDM, backwards MDK, great game from the uh, 90s for the computer and PlayStation. Um <laughs> Kingdom Death Monster made, I think, about kajillion dollars on Twitter. Uh, 3.4 uh, kajillion, yeah. 3.4 kajillion on uh, Kickstarter. And uh, for the record, neither of us own it. Or have played it. Or have played or it. Or have seen it. So this is a more of a meta discussion yeah. <laughs> about Kickstarter We're games. We're incensed. We're incensed by, well, actually, Joel, Other please. people's purchases. Yeah, I'm upset. <laughs> okay, I understand. I mean, I can I can see it, but it almost seems like they're starting to just take things. Like, how far can we go? How you much? Know, so just to the we, extreme. We, you've skipped a step. You're, you've, you know somebody who owns it. Oh, yeah. I'm going to roll back to that. Okay, but, okay. Uh, uh, yeah, well, let's just bring that up now. Um, I found out about Kingdom Death Monster and 1.5, which is the new release, which just came out and it's yeah, just so shipped about a week ago, mm-hmm. um, which is the same as version one, which is a big game. And I think the big game, the original game was around 150, 200 bucks, whatever. It was a, it was a high-end game. Significant amount of cash. a lot of miniatures. You do, at some point, you got to stop calling them miniatures because they're like about half a table size. But yeah, yeah. Um, big miniatures, you assemble them yourself. Uh, it's basically this really, really difficult co-op um, kind of. Uh, it's it's a bit like a an RPG, mm-hmm. but it's a board game. Yeah, uh, lots of cards, lots of reading. Some decks, which we'll get into, but can be very, very challenging uh, sort of events that come up. Mm-hmm. And then the monsters, which um, basically each round or each 
um, series, you, you're, you're fighting, you're hunting, you're doing all these things, and you always fight a boss. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's not what we're talking about yet. We're going to talk about the cost yep. because 1.5 has been jumping itself on fundraiser. It's this uh, this guy from New York, and he has come up with the perfect scheme. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how he did it. I He has a lot of support from the community. The people that have played it, they love it. It's very clear from the rating that the people that have played it love yep. it. Yep. Um, except for, you know, some outlying frustrated people. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's tons of stuff in this game and there's a lot of miniatures i still even with all of this stuff and all this work he's put into it i still don't understand you guys ready for it the price tag of seven hundred dollars now to be fair let's look here so so you could pay two hundred dollars pledge 200 this is us i believe um shipping not included for two hundred dollars I'm not, yeah, I'm not even sure. Shipping not included, exactly. Uh, for the Black Friday Lantern. So this is the core game, 1.5. Estimate delivery, December 2020. Uh, it's out. It's out. Maybe some people got theirs earlier. And then you go up to 250, 300, and it starts adding little things here and there. Uh, and then here's the $750 pledge. Shipping not included. <laughs> Which is like at $750, really, you could ship you couldn't, the game. You couldn't do that? Uh, like Gloomhaven has managed to ship for free and it is like a seven kilogram game and you anyway you uh, look at this and you think okay 750 bucks nobody's gonna pay that sure they'll get a few hobbyists mm-hmm. that uh, like my friend who's um, out there in Kitchener uh, you know they'll make some money 750 bucks mm, maybe they'll get 50 committed people right Ele- wrong 1143 people Backed the $750 pledge. How much money is that? That works out to $857,000 and uh, change. Almost a million. They almost made a million dollars, right? On their $750 pledge. Which Not. Let, so let's just explain <laughs> it. You get the core game, Gambler's Chest, which who cares, and 12 current <laughs> expansions. Uh, so maybe it's... Which maybe additional bosses, basically. Additional bosses and envelopes and stuff like that. Now, you're talking to Jack. I love expansions. <laughs> I love getting complete sets. How would you like 12 expansions, Jack? Uh, that's a lot of expansions. And especially to... Hold and on, let me get my card out. How much is it? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, I don't think we can back it anymore right now until 2.0 comes out. Uh, but what what did it finish with? Where's the... This is the, this is the real... So 19,000 people... And change, pledged twelve million dollars and twelve point four million dollars approximately to bring this project to life. Cooperative nightmare horror game experience: hunt intelligent monsters and develop your settlement through a self-running campaign. And apparently, the the whole develop your settlement and hunt and stuff doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. That's what I've heard. So again, I have to reiterate: we have not played this yet. This is purely us speculating more about the nature of the price tag of the game and the type of game and the perhaps tolerance for consumers to uh, throw down that many dollar dues on a game of this type? Yeah, well, this is the thing. We're always looking for the biggest thing, right? Oh, it was... uh, We learned about Twilight uh, Imperium. Huge game, eight hours. Wait, let's take it a step further. Let's go to... um, 
uh, advanced civilization wow 12 hours it's crazy it's this yeah, huge yeah. game um and they get the price tags go up right but yep. they're big games you know yep. um i think about a game that's not big but is very expensive but maybe worth it just because it's rare food chain magnet food chain magnet it's uh because small print limited print as well but th- there's lots of replay to it and maybe uh um, not the same type of wowzer effect <laughs> on the table as maybe Twilight Imperium or Kingdom Death Monster might give you, but... Uh, Do you think that a game that's $750 sells because it's $750 at some point? That's an interesting question because it, it's almost like, you know, the the super expensive sports car that it ha- yeah. it's so rare and so expensive that somebody who's in that price range can actually afford it because it's so... Is it a nice car? Mm, I don't know. It's rare and expensive. But if you're thinking of the biggest thing in the highest level, yeah. you found it yeah i don't think i've ever heard of a game costing more than 300 dollars. it depends it, it's like a raw game so we have to be clear here this is this is the core set plus some other other things 750 dollars. Yes. if you buy all the ticket to rides you buy all the ticket to rides 600 you can, maybe yes yeah, like rails and sales is like a hundred dollar game right there um but i think to to break it down still let's look at the core set 200 dollars for the core set of the game if you wanted to buy the newest edition, the fourth edition of Twilight Pyramid, it's 150 bucks, I think. Yeah. And that has all the expansions refined. I don't know if the components are better. I'm going to hope they're better. Like, it'd be, I want race unique ships. Why is it so difficult? <laughs> um, but that's still there $50. Are ships, there are Yeah, yeah. And it's still $50 cheaper or less expensive than the other one. So and how much is Scythe? $99? Scythe is about like... figures. Yeah, exactly. Um it seems pointless to try to ascribe too much to the price tag necessarily, but I think it's more about this momentum in the kickstarting Kickstarter board game community, this tolerance for um, these giant, big budget, big miniature, crazy things that it's like, it's almost like Star Citizen in a sense that once you hit enough dollars that have backed it, it becomes a beast, kind of like you're describing, where it's got its own momentum. So you got to do this, man. Got to do it. Exploding kittens, right? Exploding kittens. So this is some their goal was something like two hundred thousand. They made eight million. Jeez, oh, it's just a cute little party game, right? But uh, once you hear, oh, you heard about this Kickstarter making all this money? All of a sudden, like you say, yeah. And you can look at, you can even filter in the Kickstarter. I don't know, I haven't spent much time on the website, but I know you can filter by. Um, most backers filter yeah. by made the most money things yeah, like yeah, that yeah. And you can see kind of the top 10 that's, that's attractive is free marketing absolutely and uh, i've backed a bunch of stuff on kickstarter in fact i have something sitting at home waiting for me right now <sighs> that is a fresh kickstarter delivery that i'm excited to try and in general like i've said before with board games i've been very happy with with software it's been mostly miss with some hits um but ignoring the this the the hits and misses part of this. What about the actual gameplay? What have you heard? Is it pro or con? Because is it the greatest game of all time? Is it worth slapping down seven hundred fifty bucks? Well, here's the thing, right? People I know have done this. They've paid this money, uh, so I've got to ask them. You know why? What is it so good about this game that you would invest almost thousand dollars? Yeah. Into it, and obviously. They didn't buy it alone. They they shared everyone the cost. in on it. Yeah, they're a party of people. How many people out of curiosity? I think it's five. All right, all right. Not the worst, not the best. But then who gets it? You know, they one guy moves. <sighs> Leave it at the store, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, um, so somebody's not putting their paycheck <coughs> down on this or something. Um, 
but still you gotta you gotta wonder so you know i did my research i think you did a little bit of research about what this game is and i've also heard from them mm-hmm. uh basically what they say is it's 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 torture the game is torture and uh if people are into tor- being tortured as a group then that's a perfect game for you <sighs> maybe you want to throw out that 750. oh man i'm getting i'm getting nervous because i like yeah i did do some reading into it now i'm curious because torture is a very interesting way to describe it is it meant to be like on purpose torture or is it kind I of the way so. it's i think it's just a <laughs> it's very very betrayal. cruel game where it doesn't really reward strategy and things like that uh one thing <laughs> one thing it does reward apparently is taking it very slowly um oh, but aside from that um you know there's just events where you can uh, just catastrophically uh fail as a group and if the wrong cards come up at any point you're done. And everybody kind of goes into the game assuming that they're going to die at some point. Mm-hmm. Not very many people win. And if they do win, um, they're going to be bragging about it, right? There's certain people that are, oh, yeah, I played through it and, you know, I've won five times or something. For the most part, people are just playing and seeing how far they can get. Okay. So without having played it, though, does that sound fun to you? No. It it's It'd be kind of like playing Pandemic if... And here's the thing too. I've, based on what I've read, there's a lot of dice rolling, and there is uh, what was the figure? It was two out of five when you break down the actual odds. So you'll chuck a dice, and two out of five times, uh, you basically die. Yeah. You you lose, or something so bad happens to you that death is almost certain. Drawing the cards, what was the percentage again? Was it another? Uh, one out of five, I think. One out of five, like something. Which is like a mandatory thing where you have to pass a roll. Yeah. Uh, so it'd be like playing Pandemic, and instead of outbreaks, it's, uh, sorry, the disease spread when you weren't looking and you lose. It's That was fun, wasn't it? Yeah. Maybe right on the board. Like, Come to think of it, that's happened to me in Pandemic. <laughs> you either turn two and you get the right cards, and there's like, it's, it's on the outbreak. You get an epidemic. Yeah. It pops that outbreak. They trigger back and forth. You can get bing, some bing, terrible bing, chain bing, outbreaks and pandemics and bam. I think the main thing, though, is that I didn't pay $750 <laughs> for <laughs> yeah, pandemic. Right. And it's not, uh, and then it's like, oh, that stinks. Shuffle, shuffle. Game is set up back again, which is, is getting into a different type of argument, I guess. Um, but the first thing that came to mind when I saw that was dead of winter the idea of rolling dice to yeah. move and it's like oh you rolled this you're dead you have like what uh it's like a d10 or something and yeah. if you roll the wrong one you die and anybody yeah. that touches you is also starting to yeah. take damage until they die absolutely and that or you, you you're in, stuck in a mode where every time you move you take damage and it's just like exact same sort of predicament it's just it's slower um, and that's where you get this deck of cards where some things are innocuously bad and some things are innocuously bad. good I like that. and then some things are brutal right if you have this character it dies and turns into a flesh-eating beast well that's nice it look this isn't intended to like if you bought this and you're super happy with it it's just like any other game out there if you enjoy this and you're happy with how your money went good on you not outstanding good for you it's just from my perspective on the outside looking at this and like, what, Joel, what prompted this out of curiosity? Were you hanging out with these people and they were talking about it or they had it on the table? Yeah, I think we were just talking about games and they mentioned that this was their one in their top three favorite games <clears throat> and then they play it all the time. <clears throat> so good. It means they obviously like it. And when you check out some of these reviews on Board Game Geek, it's sitting at an impossibly high 8.9. 8.9, which is what's the number one game? 
I don't know what it, it used to be uh, new through the ages. I'd have to I look at it's it. pandemic legacy, it's pandemic it's, legacy season one. Yeah. It's around the same rating. Anyways, the point yeah. is like, you don't really get better than that. But what it means is that people just went in zero thought 10 out of 10, 10 out of 10, 10 yeah. out of 10, which is when you have a rating system like board game geek, it, it kind of throws thing off. Cause it, when you, it's funny. Cause if you look at the old grognards who, who sit there and they have reviews of like a paragraph long of each game they've played, very anal retentive about them too. I give it a six because I didn't care for the mechanics with the auctioning and uh, it's still very solid and one of my favorite games. But I hate it when good. they give it like a bad rating because of something like I received one of the wooden pieces. Oh, that's nonsense. Crooked. Yeah, yeah. Especially, and you know what? Like most of these companies are more than happy to replace things for you and they're yeah. very, like they <laughs> they want to hold on to their their goodwill with their consumers. I actually got a couple slices in my Istanbul. And it's like, eh, whatever. Slices? What do you mean? You know, like you're supposed to get a wooden chip about this thick and instead it's... Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I've also got an issue with my Istanbul board where uh, I think it's mine. Maybe it was the one I was playing at uh, Josh uh, Faria's where the, the Wainwrights or the, the wheelbarrow parts don't fit into the board nicely. So I don't know if like the board is like contracted or, or what, but anyway, uh, it's a good example of like not every game is going to be perfect. Yeah, but if you haven't turned us off yet and you do play Kingdom Death Monster, I'm sorry. Yeah. This is two uh, people that have never played Kingdom Death Monster crapping all over your game. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I understand that if people have played it and they love it, then there must be something of quality there. Yep. And it's uh, and again, if you're getting mileage out of it, like repeated plays, 50, 100, like 150 plays, just enjoy it. Just keep going. But it, to me, I want, explain to me. Explain to me if it was worth the let's just say two hundred dollars, two hundred dollars right away, and that to me sounds a little more reasonable and not as shocking as um, dropping down seven hundred fifty. But I guess it's to each your own and whatever you want to <laughs> throw your hard-earned <laughs> dollars at. Um, so I think uh, on that note that. Uh, I th- it might be the end of the show. If only there was some sort of... No, you know, it's not the end of the show. Otherwise, you would hear that noise where, you know, there's the beat and then... Oh, uh, yeah, there it is. Oh. It's neat how it just came on as I was fumbling <laughs> around. <laughs> uh, just a coincidence. We have this on a timer. I'm sure. Yes. It's <laughs> when, when we run out of steam, Actually, it comes our, on. <laughs> our producer puts it on. <laughs> We're no longer being funny. I'm, I'm waving at my producer right now. Hello. Uh-oh. She's very that's, frustrated. It's not us. very nice. Oh my god! You can't make that. Oh, oh my I god! Guess we're not on TV, so. Oh no! Go go ahead. Yeah, yeah. go ahead and make that. Very nice. Gesture. Cool. Yeah. Uh, I'm Jack. I'm Joel. Thanks for tuning in. Have a great day. CFRU 93.3 FM. Check us out on Twitter. I don't think we're on Facebook. Instagram. We've got an Instagram now. We've got Instagram. We've got email. Uh, please don't send death threats. Thank you. Or do. Send something. Send something. <laughs>